Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you every week by the fine folks over at HypeBot.com. Thank, Thank you, Bruce. you to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot for everything you do to support uh, the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. So, Jay, this week we're joined by, we've got two guests joining us, and I don't know if we've had two on before. It's been a while. We had two people sitting on a couch next to each other once. That's true. Um, and and they are from a very cool new, it's in beta, but new streaming service called Ursa Music, U-R-S-A Music.com. I want to welcome Chad Royce and Christopher Jones. Gentlemen, Thanks. it's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. So, yeah. so real quick, fill us in on each of your roles within Ursa Music. Sure. Um, so Chad and I are both founders uh, and musicians as well. Uh, I sort of years ago out touring uh, and playing shows and meeting fans, I came up with the concept of uh, what evolved eventually into Ursa. Um, part of the reason for its creation was meeting with the audiences, sort of seeing that I wanted to present a, a, a complete picture to them of who I was as an artist, it was always a challenge having to direct them to various different platforms to try and get a complete picture. And for artists, as you know, we kind of think in various modes, uh, visually, obviously the lyric, the written word, the sound. So for us to present a picture of ourselves is pretty important. And I wanted to maintain a connection around that relationship with my fan. Uh, so, you know, we sort of thought about how do we approach this and what are the important things to sort of consolidate here and it seemed to make sense that why don't we just bring everything into one space that's anchored by the music so all of this engagement that you potential that you have with your audience uh, whether so we allow basically artists to come in and create content publish content around the music that their fans are streaming uh, and for us it just seemed to make sense uh, so having sort of thought of that I then went to Chad and, and we sort of discussed uh, how we could further this this concept. Uh, Chad is, uh, as I said, is a producer, and um, he could probably take it from here on his side. Yeah. So what, one of the the important things for me as a producer um, and as a as a professional drummer was credits started to kind of disappear. Um, with you know, once music was digitized, um, you know, we lost a lot of things. We lost the artwork, the liner notes, the credits. Um, and that was something that was really important to me. Um, you know, I have an, an all music uh, account and I had uh, credits, you know, on two different accounts over there and half of them were, were wrong and half of them, you know, didn't seem to be updating properly. And I'd be credited as the vocal engineer, even though I produced the track or whatever it is. It was just kind of strange. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a bunch of wrong credits on there, too. I, and I didn't even know how to figure out how to, you know, get those fixed or um, so it just seemed like there was there was this was the right time and place to kind of bring credits back into the fold, um, bring those industry professional pro professionals back into the mix, and um, we came up with this you know sort of unique system where both sides, so the artist or anyone that admins um, on behalf of the artist and the person being credited both have to agree that the credit is correct before it goes live. Um, and that's that's something unique to our platform, um, you know, all music and everything else out there. Even Spotify has, you know, songwriting and production credits, but it's just whatever the label gives them. It's essentially right. one right. side. 
So it's not usually, you know, it, it can be inaccurate and um, and it's not link linkable. So it doesn't take you to a profile when you tap that name or anything. Um, in Ursa, you can actually go, if you like the production, you can actually go to the producer's profile and check out their discography, discover new music and kind of, um, it really becomes a sort of holistic experience. Well, you're touching on something that's really important in the industry right now, and that's correct metadata, right? And yeah. there's people like Christy Crowell, you know, who plays with Mannheim Steamrollers. She's also got this company called Pro Music DB, and she's been on our show, and she's really trying to get people to understand that these this data is crucial. Uh, for sidemen, you know, not just classics and jazz, but across the board. And as you stated, a lot of this stuff is inaccurate. Or, you know, there's a band called The Accidentals, but there was another a cappella band called The Accidentals. And so if you say, you know, you want to play one band, it, like on a smart speaker, it'll play the other band too. And that leads into a whole nother discussion about how important this stuff is for voice. If we're turning to uh, you know, Amazon Echo or HomePod or Google Home or those things and you're saying these things, that metadata becomes even more important, right? Sure. So we're finding, lot, like you described, we're finding a lot of discrepancies, uh, a lot of issues with the metadata mm -hmm. um, across the board in all genres. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you're addressing that for mm -hmm. folks. And I love the fact that it's almost like a Wikipedia kind of model where anybody can't just put it up and say, well, you know what? Uh, I wrote that song. Right. Like, exactly. Well, let's have a little bit of, you know, uh, yeah. verification on there. And, and the other last thing I'll say is, you know, when you talk about as a drummer or an engineer or a producer, those things are really important. And eventually we want to get to the point where if I dig your drumming, I should be able to search like, I want to see all the tracks you played on. Exactly. You know? If I like your production, and there's there's really no way to do that today. Well, and, exactly. and, 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 you know, that, we're in a day and age where everything is about music discovery. I mean, every platform out there is trying to sell music discovery. Discover yep. new artists, discover new releases, new tracks, whatever it is. And, you know, I'll date myself. I, you know, I, I've got a thousand vinyl LPs sitting next to me here. Yeah. And back in the day, that's how you would discover new music is you would sit there and as you're listening to it, you'd read the liner notes and the production credits and all these other things. And you'd look at these names and go, wow, who's that name? All right, I'm yep. going to go. You know, it was a little harder to research back then, but that name would lead you down a path to yep. another artist. You know, it, back in the back in the day, it usually was the producer. If that producer on the album you love and you're listening to right now produced another band, there's a good chance you're going to check out that other band because you liked his current work. So exactly. I love the fact that, yeah, basically what, what, what Ursa Music is doing is bringing back the experience of listening to music, not just the song itself. Because... Right. Yeah, you know, every 30 million tracks can be found anywhere out there on the internet at this point in time. So why why compete on just saying I've got the same 30 million as you do? You're you're bringing back that experience of reading the lyrics while you listen, reading the production credits, who performed on this track, who did the artwork, who did the design, yeah. who was the management company. I mean, that was the other thing. You'd you'd see a management company, you'd go 
wow, if these guys are managing this band, I bet some of their other bands are just as cool. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's something to be said. I mean, the algorithms that Spotify and Apple Music, they offer, um, you know, I use them. I would say half the time I don't like the next song that is played. <laughs> um, and I think there's going to be valuable, um, you know, assets as we start to kind of move forward and offer that type of algorithmic stuff. We can use those credits to kind of say, you know what, you like this song, then, you know, the the same producer did this um and you know we're sort of thinking that um those those that type of algorithm will be more successful than sort of a uh, one based on oh the key or the tempo or um the yeah. genre music or whatever um yeah i'd like for you guys to kind of talk about the there's so many differences now i haven't had a chance to go through and and kick the tires i think mike well and and and, and just for our listeners but... let's let's be clear ursa music is in beta right now yeah. so right. Yeah. you have you right. ha if you go to the website you can request access but it's not in full launch mode and right. i think one of you had mentioned to me you currently have universal's catalog is that correct yes that's correct <laughs> And I love that, you know, aesthetically, you know, it, it looks amazing, but I would love to hear it straight from the horse's mouth uh, from two guys that would know what's the difference between this and your typical, you know, Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music, Amazon Music Unlimited, you know, what sets you apart? One of the things that we like to say with uh, Ursa is that by solving problems for artists, we create a deeper experience for fans. Uh, so for us, I mean, talking about the credits to maybe kind of finish up on that space, sure. pro, um, producers, engineers, mixers, all these people can actually have profiles on Ursa that are searchable. Also, oh, not so if you're not an artist, if you're an engineer or a producer, you can still have a profile. Profile. Yeah. That's so different. That's very cool, actually, because how? That's really I mean, cool. How cool would it be to just go find your favorite producer? And go down that rabbit hole of everything he's ever worked on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, That's so amazing. When you're swiping through, as Chad was suggesting earlier, you're swiping through, uh, listening to a song, we have a player where you can swipe through content. One of the screens you're going to get is a credit screen. You tap on that producer, you go to his profile, his actual profile. Then right. you can tap on his credits button and see his entire discography. So that's going to lead you to the kind of uh, suggestions wow. in terms of your own ability to discover music based around your own musical taste. So bringing these people back into your, you know, to the point of all, I think, uh, hit on and we believe is important is bringing these co-contributors back into a space where they've sort of been left out. Now, that's one of the major uh, sort of portions of our platform that differentiates from all these, and it's a big one. Uh, but additionally, in our profile, the way we structure it, we're allowing artists to actually come on board and to create content and publish content around the music that their fans stream. So what this means is they come on board, they're able to post photos, they're able to post videos, they're able to create liner notes, they're able to uh, you know, make playlists as they would in any other one. We pull in their lyrics, they've got events, uh, they're gonna be able, people will be able to buy tickets and merge, but further we're gonna do live streaming. So really trying to tack on a lot of different artist experiences. Uh, it's a very artist-centric site, so we're also trying to create a lot more revenue streams for these artists at the same time. Yeah. Um, obviously, with with Spotify and some of these other streaming services you mentioned, you know, it's chiefly based around their subscription revenue. And for us, one of the things we always wanted to do was say, well, that's fair, that's good, we can we can capitalize on that. 
Um, but let's find other spaces that artists can make money and share in that revenue model with them. Um, just because we know this is extremely important, as we said, for, for not only artists, the co-contributors, all these people that, who are doing this sort of DIY stuff, which is more and more. They're cutting out the middleman. They need a platform that's going to really enable them to engage with their audience. It's going to enable them to speak to every part of their music. And why not just have it in one space that's anchored by the music, creating that sort of sticky, deep dive experience that you're talking about? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you, the other thing we like to say is that we're, you know, Spotify and Apple Music is re- they're listening platforms. They're essentially. Um, you know, you tap play and you put your phone down and you just sort of passively listen. Lean uh, back. Whereas, um, you know, Ursa is built for engagement. It's, it's you know, you tap play and then, you know, you've got the cover art, which you get on Spotify and Apple Music, but you swipe over, you get all this other stuff. You get the credits, artwork, any images that the artist wants to attach to that release, liner notes, events, um, and you can really just go deep with that artist. Would it include other things like merch or other things that people could buy? Sure. But in the future, um, we're not starting with that, but yes, every sort of channel that we can possibly imagine for an artist to find some kind of revenue or to express themselves in a way that relates to their music, we're going to find and we're going to uh, address. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I would love to see it go, and you're probably already headed there, a step even further where it has the bands like we talked about producer but what about their manager and their publicist and you know touring agent or something like that man how many times you know for people in the business you you need a good publicist but you need it for americana or edm or country and you could go in there and go oh well i know the people that work with this artist are really good you click on it and then you see all the people that they work with man that would be i'd pay for that but we do have that in the platform. So if you tap, for instance, if you go to, let's say, you, uh, whatever your favorite group is. I know you mentioned Mannheim Steamroller before. Sure. So if you go to their profile, you could actually uh, look at them as a group and you can see every member of that group, including their manager, if they want to add them or whomever they decide they want to sure. add. So you can have sort of you can have record labels on here, management groups on here. You can have all kinds of uh, music-related companies on this platform taking credit for their role in whatever uh, aspect of the music co-contribution they they add, uh, which is a really exciting thing. And to your yeah. point, that holistic, total experience. Let, yeah. let, let me ask you guys, why don't we see the big players doing this? And, and not just the Spotify's and the Apple Music's, but... You could even say, why? What's going to stop somebody from Facebook, who's got content, to finally say, you know what? We're going to throw the music wrapper around all the content we've got. Where Spotify and Apple Music have the music, and they're trying to slowly wrap content. I mean, we know on Spotify, if you put your dates into Songkick, they'll show up on Spotify. You can put your bio. You can upload photos. But we also know. Apple's failed twice trying to make a community around their music. So yeah. what's to prevent them from just looking at what you're going doing and going, yeah, we can do that. That's it's just a couple more bells and whistles we add. Or on the other side, you if you looked at, example, what Apple tried to do twice, what convinced you to continue yeah. to do this? 
Apple, uh, I, I think you're talking about um, the Apple Connect. And, um, and before that, even Ping, and before that. Yeah. My feeling about Apple, you know, first of all, they sort of reverse engineered the whole thing. They added it as a kind of add-on um, after Apple Music was released, and they kind of buried the features. Yeah. Um, I think there was a for you screen uh, or for you button, and if you scroll down, sort of way past hunt for the it. recommendations, then you started to get to a feed where there was artists that you follow. And, you know, even on that feed, it just felt very um, commercial and, you know, it was sort of obvious that all these accounts were managed by the managers or the labels. And it was sort of like Coldplay has a new album, you know, or, <laughs> you know, new video by Drake or whatever. And it wasn't, it, you could just sense it really wasn't being posted by the, by the artists themselves. Yeah. Um, it didn't have that, like, that personal sort of feeling to it. Um, and um and so so with spotify you know I, my thing about spotify is it really you know daniel eck founded spotify as a direct sort of upgrade if you will from napster um napster was essentially you know offered every song in the world but obviously it was illegal um and daniel eck said well let's do a legal version of napster where you get all the songs for you know in the world you pay 9.99 and he took that and i think it's a great it was a great you know, it was a necessary sort of next step. Um, but I think they've gone all in on that sort of listening experience, algorithms, playlists, recommendations, and they've kind of left the artist out of it. Yeah, so, I mean, the, ch the challenge is for them, it is hard to re-engineer their platforms when they're sort of focused on that listening experience. And then it's challenging, even in the UI, that experience on the screen uh, to be able to bring something in like what we're talking about around their current UX situation. Uh, we really thought about this from the ground up. How do we build this from the ground up? So we focus chiefly on the profile and how we could add additional content buttons to create an artist profile that was going to allow for expansion. Um, so, And we also tried to look at other uh, platforms and to see where where certain buttons fit, where people were, you know, sort of used to a button being there. All right, that makes sense with notifications or search or what have you. But we really thought about it um, from the ground up. And I think when you're trying to do something like I know all of these uh, companies have sort of tried to make gestures in these directions, but it is a challenge when you're you're trying to get active artists on there and also to make them feel beyond the, the sort of how huge their brands are that they're actually going to affect some sort of um, change for themselves in that that giant network right with right. us we're sort of we're trying to, we're speaking to all of us we definitely want to cut into some of the kids who are on soundcloud who want to control their their uh, environment control their music reach Smart. out directly yeah fan bases so I think for us, it was ma making it feel usable, not making it feel so big that they couldn't, it was like, that they wouldn't actually be able to touch it. Right. Um, so, yeah, a lot of considerations in, in that regard. And I, I do think it's something where you have to kind of start with the, the idea that you're going to be artist-centric first. You really want to address these artist issues. I think that's the best way to do it. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's the harder road. Let's be honest. I mean, to be a streaming service today... First of all, it's so difficult to be profitable, but they're taking an XML feed from the different majors and it's basically, you know, auto-populating these releases each week. And yes, you know, there is some marketing that goes in there, but a lot of the stuff is kind of automated. And 
Um, I hosted this panel at Music Biz a couple of weeks ago, and the general manager for Warner Brothers said something that really still echoes in my head, and that is from their data, you know, less than 25% of the spins on Spotify are are coming from Spotify curated playlists. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is coming from somewhere else. And typically, from my experience, like when I hear a new artist, I go to the platform and I go to their profile and I want to see like what are the most popular tracks? You know, what playlists are they on? Let me look at their bio, some images, whatever. And this is kind of that taken to the next step. Because right. now I'm not just seeing the generic you know, bio, photo, whatever, now I can have a more immersive experience. Is that kind of your goal? 100%. And not only that, but the artist can add their voice to the whole experience. So it's not just a press photo or, you know, a bio written by somebody else. You know, they can add artwork and caption it and talk about what the recording process was like in the liner notes or talk about the song inspiration. You can really get a sense of who the artist is. Lyrics and, uh, and videos, too? Absolutely. Yep. Now, you know, one one of the problems with Apple Connect, and this is coming from my side as somebody who works with artists and represents artists and manages their their connection to the world, um, was Apple Connect didn't work with anything else that was out there. Meaning if you wanted to upload anything to Connect, you had to remember to actually go to Apple Connect, log right. in upload your photo, up, upload an update, whatever it might be, whatever that content was. Um, that was out of the workflow of all of us who, you know, were using stuff like Buffer App or Hootsuite or you're posting to uh, Instagram and letting that populate Twitter and Facebook. Is your intention to allow these outside hooks to feed that content in or or are people going to still have to log into Ursa Music to make their posts update events? I mean, it's great that Songkick updates Spotify, but the reality is I think more artists are using bands in town than Songkick. I mean, right. I, I know in my client's case, if, if Songkick lost its connection to Spotify, I bet they'd all go, great, I don't need to bother with updating Songkick ever again. That's right. the only reason I do it. So, you know, we yeah. don't want to remember to post a tour date in five different places. We don't want to remember the artist voice, if you want it truly coming from the artist, allow that artist on the road from their iPhone to post to Twitter, but have that update go into Ursa as well. I think that's a really good question. I just want to add one thing to it. You know, we talked to this company recently called Mizuka, who's kind of taking over that whole, you know, kind of making sure the images are updated and then um, syndicated across multiple platforms and all of that stuff. And just to pile on to what Michael's asking, whether it's when you're in beta or down the road, do you think that Ursa will be able to take feeds from other places? Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges from, we, we thought about that and we've seen platforms that were sort of aggregates for other spaces like, you know, you from Facebook, from Instagram, Twitter, what have you, they would sort of aggregate into one space. And for us, it was a, a bit of a challenge. We wanted to make sure our experience was unique in that we were not also allowing fans to post any content. We're just suggesting that artists can create content here because gotcha. we didn't 
we didn't want the space to become diluted with a lot of, you know, social exercises and, you know, your day shopping or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that, that's for the other places. And, you know, significantly, we're getting great feedback from artists that suggest, you know, I would love to just be in this one space because it is, art, you know, artist-centric. It feels comfortable for me to be able to post something that is artist-related in this context, and I don't feel awkward about maybe the association or putting it into another space. Um, so we're starting definitely from a place where you have to come to URSA to create some content or post some content. Now, you can share that out to Facebook or to Twitter from us. Um, I know you mentioned Hootsuite, some of these other platforms, maybe something down the line that we consider to integrate with. But in the beginning, we didn't want to dilute the experience by allowing... We also wanted artists to come to URSA. So the reason they come to URSA is to create content and create context around the song, which for us, I think, is the biggest part of our platform. We really want them to have their voice there so when a fan is listening, they feel that sort of original content that you're only going to get in this space. So for us, it made sense to say, well, let's just have them come here. If they're going to post a video or a photo, it could, they could maybe have that on their phone and it's something they use for Facebook. But yes, in the beginning, they're going to have to come here to post those things. And we just think it's important because when they're doing it in URSA, it's going to be quite different in terms of captioning, in terms of audience approach, maybe the, the, the voicing, the messaging around those posts, photos, videos, what have you. Uh, it'll be quite different in that environment because it's going to speak to a music audience directly. And I think that kind of experience is unique and it's not something you can necessarily translate from a social experience to, uh, you know, the way we framed it. Yeah. yeah. Does that For does that apply as well to something as simple as tour dates? Because tour dates, a tour date is a tour date, regardless yeah. of where it is. So you that's going to be pulled in automatically. We, we could, we're we're going to, you know... We already have a deal with a Ticketmaster um, partnership, so we'll be able to pull in any Ticketmaster events um, directly through their APIs. Gotcha. We're working on Eventbrite. We're working on um, uh, Ticketfly and AXS. Um, but you know, the idea is that essentially, so any artist, even Taylor Swift or whatever, would have her music, her bio, her events, and her lyrics as as just without even being on URSA. Um, when she joins and signs up, she connects to that page gotcha. and then add, she can add additional Build to it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. She can add her photos, her videos, her artwork, all that, that extra stuff, that the fun stuff, the liner notes and the credits and everything else. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. but that's kind of a bare minimum for what we're calling an artist page. That is not an actual active live profile. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, we, we're going to have the ability for Chad. I don't think we can hear you, buddy. Oh, did I cut out? No, no, no. I, I actually, I'm sorry. It was Chris. Was I think was trying to say something. I couldn't hear him. Uh, um, I think my computer is just have on the. Oh, app. that's better. That's better. <laughs> um, go, I, go ahead. I know you were trying to say something, and I, I don't think we could hear you. Problem at all. Yeah, just related to uh, the event space. So our event space is unique as well, in that um, to Chad's point, we are going to be pulling in events, but you can also create an event in the platform. Okay. For or the DIY, they can do it that way. That, 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 that's excellent because, you know, there's a lot of artists out there who don't have shows that are ever going to show up in Ticketmaster exactly. or any big ticketing company. Right. And, right. and they need to get them in there if it's just the one-off, I'm playing the coffee shop and it's a free gig, come on out. Right. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly right. Our event we actually have an event feed, so 
if there's an event you want to go to, um, an artist will be able to post photos, videos, all kinds of content to that particular feed. You can also click attending or interested. And we actually have a calendar in, in the uh, platform. So you can see all the shows that are going to be on your agenda for that month. So really trying to make it comprehensive. I used to have issues where I would be on specific platforms and maybe one got by me. If I was on Facebook and I wanted to see something, I was like, I'm so upset I forgot that show or it didn't give me. So we wanted to make sure we were addressing all of this stuff. Also, events are archivable. So, you know, in the creation, there could be some really significant photos of that particular show. In the future, we're going to add, uh, you know, set lists, things that make that event special. And those are archivable. So if you want to look back, you know, a year later and say, oh, I love that show. Where was that? Mercury Lounge. Like, you know, a year back, right. you check it out. So, again, things to just cr- try and create stories around specific parts of, of a one, one, one of the Love challenges that. an artist always faces is owning their fans. Sure. You know, um, Facebook, you don't own all the fans that like you. On Spotify, you don't own all the fans that are following you. You know, it's the same across, you name the platform. You don't own them. Are you going to provide any any means for the artist to directly connect, get an email address, get fans to do something to reveal who they are, where they are, and how to connect with them? Well, we have a at the most basic level, it is a following follower system, just like Instagram. So whoever you follow, you know, you'll get that artists update those artists updates on your feed. So. Um, that would be the most basic level, um, but we have we have plans, for instance, for a VIP, um, so fans can um, each artist would have like a VIP club essentially, where a fan could um, pay a little extra. Maybe it's ninety nine cents a month, or maybe it's a dollar ninety nine, where they get additional content, special, unique content that the artist can choose, whether that's unreleased material or remixes or um, you know. Uh, special access to events um, like maybe a patreon kind of model where you could subscribe to that artist pay a little bit more and i think just to again just to touch on what michael was asking one of the things that's so hard about marketing music is there are very few platforms where you can speak directly to your base and i think if there was that kind of functionality built into ursa where people knew that it wasn't just a small percentage of their base, but they could actually reach out to those people that would want to be reached out to and right. let them know about new music that's coming up or e- events or video or, or, pre- or, or whatever. Even, even more importantly, reach out to fans of a similar artist. So, uh, you know, like one of the, in town. I was just going to say, so one of the features I absolutely love about bands in town is the bands in town promoter functionality where an right. artist can go out there and say, I want to, you got to pay. You got to pay. I think it's a nickel and email address. That's right. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I'm a heavy metal band. I want to email all of Metallica's fans to tell them to come see me. Man, right. wouldn't it be great to do that from the music side and go, yep. okay, I want to email all the people who listen to Metallica and say, right. come check out my new album that I just posted. Sure, right. sure. I mean, um, one thing we will be adding in the future is chat function. Now, that's not going to speak directly to what you're talking about, but it will allow some interaction. Uh, in terms of what you're talking about, I mean, I, I don't think it's a, I think it's probably an interesting idea. They will be able to. So, for instance, if if that particular um, artist, you're, let's say you made the sort of the comparison of Metallica, 
Um, you know, if I'm a fan, if I'm following Metallica, I'm going to have, I'm going to go to their followers and follow all of Metallica's followers. If I get those people sort of reciprocating, I'm going to post something related to my, myself as an artist who's sort of in the same vein. So there will be that ability innately in terms of that just general follow following system. But I, I understand where you're going with it. I think yeah. there's probably some great ways to, um, to sort of cross pollinate and, and to your point, uh, allowing artists to actually control their fan base or to at least have direct access where it's meaningful. They feel some sense of ownership of that. Um, makes sense. We do have plans to add a sort of a premium artist upgrade where you can, you, you can access tools like that. Like you said, like targeting specific artists, artists. Okay. We have a new album. I want that to show up on the feed of everybody that follows this artist or something like that. Yeah, and that would be, that, 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 that would be amazing because you know, at, at the end of the day, from the marketing side of things, we're always thinking about hitting the target as precisely as we can. Right. You know, right. I, you know, just saying that somebody who loves music isn't good enough. I want somebody who loves this specific band. That's a, it's an ideal target. And, For sure. and, and, and again, going back to bands in town, they're the only ones at this point who've really created that model where I can go out there and, and say, yeah, I want to email all the fans of this band mm -hmm. and tell them about whatever I'm doing. I mean, Ticketmaster doesn't even let you do that. I mean, I've, I've worked with so many big artists where I'm like, hey, can you go ask Ticketmaster to give you the email addresses of all the people who've purchased your tickets on last yep. year's tour? I'm like, right. no, Ticketmaster isn't going to give us that. Your right. own oh. customers they won't give you. So and you can do it through Amazon. Like you can advertise through Amazon and do a new product email to hit competitive, like competitive artists. But the problem is you don't get data back as to what those artists are, how many there were, what the open rate, click through rate and the beauty, not to make this an advertisement for bands in town, but the beauty of what Michael's talking about is you can target that audience and then you can see exactly how it reacted. And I think whether it's that capability or a similar capability, um, it plays right into your your strategy, which it sounds to me, if I'm hearing you correctly, is this is really more of a more robust, immersive, it's more of an experience. This isn't sit back, hit a big giant playlist and clean the house. This is lean forward, like, I want to learn more get about involved. this band and get tell me other bands. Music. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what makes it so exciting to me. It's like, this is Tower Records in your hand, you know? Right. It's super cool. We use that. We use that. Thank you. I like that. You're so, absolutely right. So, so you guys are in beta right now. What's your timeline for rolling this out? Um, so we, you know, we, it's a bit of a moving target. We're shooting for July. Um, you know, there's some, some kind of uh, unknowns that we need to sort out, but July is our goal right now. And that would be soft launch. And then a more um, more sort of public launch in September. And as we mentioned early in the show, you currently have Universal's catalog. Are your intentions to have all the major catalogs? That's correct. Yes, it is our intention. We want to cover all the catalog we can, so any artist can come on, connect to their music on Earth. So that's absolutely our goal. And I think that's exciting, but you mentioned something earlier that's more exciting to me than that, because... You know, th those 50 million tracks, as Michael mentioned, I mean, those are those are kind of everywhere, and that's great. But, man, when you start talking about SoundCloud and DIY, and, man, that's where the magic happens, where you can have this kind of an experience with somebody who doesn't play NFL football, 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. One one of our sort of um, long term, you know, one of our features that we do want to add um, down the road would be sort of a SoundCloud self upload, um, do sort of direct deals with artists and whatnot. Um, and you know that might come sooner than later. We're not quite sure, but um, it's definitely in the road. So, so the that, could, oh, go ahead, I was going to say. So the initial rollout, the plan is, if you have music that you want on on the Ursa platform, you do you need to go through one of the traditional distributors, the Tune Cores, the CD Babies of exactly. the world. They will feed it in. Exactly. For now, that's how we're we're, we're doing it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Man, that's super cool, guys. I, I'm really excited to kind of see this evolve. And, you right. know, my, like I said, Michael's already got it. You know, I've got it on my phone, but I haven't gone in there yet to uh, uh, kick the tires. But I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward to doing this and uh, um, kind of exploring and seeing what the capabilities are today, knowing that over the course, just like anything, there's going to be a version 1.0, 2.0, exactly. 3.0. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it is. It's so exciting to see somebody actually taking the idea of just not another streaming service i mean it's it's like good god we just don't need what what did i just read tiktok is going <laughs> to launch a music streaming service That's it's right. like awesome yeah. i need another streaming service the sixth one with yeah, the same exactly. catalog great exactly. thank you very much it's right. like no we don't need that anymore and and even as jay and i have talked about you know over over the years here at some point there's got to be a consolidation because it's yeah. the same catalog basically yep. the same features for almost all of them that are out there it's exciting to see you guys come in here and go you know what yeah we'll have the music don't worry about the music we got all that it's, more. it's everything else we're putting together and guess what we're doing this for the artist and sitting here going as an artist what is what are all the things you've always bitched about going, God damn, I can't do this on Spotify. God damn, I can't right. do this on Apple Music. They won't let me do this. How can I do that? It's like, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and I, would, I would add to that that, you know, for me, selfishly, um, I would love to see this doing everything that you're talking about doing, but also maybe taking a step back and looking at it from uh, – a marketer's perspective, a manager's perspective, a booking agent, PR, sync licensing, I mean, uh, yeah. distribution, all these other people like this. I would pay for a platform that gave me better insights, could help me route a tour, that could help me understand what other artists I should have supporting my artist on tour or, you know, all of these different questions that your data is going to provide, you know, there and you're probably already thinking of this, but man, my head was spinning when you're talking about all the different data points and making this so immersive that if I could participate, I would pay for that. Mm. Well, those tours, are, uh, the analytic aspects are something we definitely plan on expanding upon. And to your point, we're going to have all that data there and it's just going to be about framing it and presenting it to, to you in a way that's meaningful. Yeah, make it actionable. From, yeah. from, yeah. from, the, from the fans' perspective... Will you be a? Are you going to follow the, prescri the prescription, the subscription model, the free model with advertising? What's it going to? What's it going to cost for the fan to use this? 
Yeah, so it's a, it, it is a, the sort of standard $9.99 for all the music and lyrics. Um, but you can use the platform for free. Unlike Spotify, let's say, um, you know, the only thing you can do is listen to music. With us, you can engage with the artists. You can check out the credits. You can check out the liner notes, all that stuff. Um, and that's free. Um, when you tap play and you get a 30-day free trial for the music and the lyrics. And then um, you tap play and, um, and you have to pay for that. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, beyond the 30 days, uh, we're going to require that you pay for the music and, and, um, you know, we're looking for other ways to just kind of incorporate like to Chris's point, sort of additional revenue streams for models um, for artists beyond that. So, yeah, super this exciting. Is, this, again, yeah, this is super exciting. I mean, yeah, to, to be able to sell a t-shirt, to, to, to have tour dates up there, to, it's sort of like everything you can easily, fairly easily do in facebook but yet facebook doesn't really kind of support the music very well exactly yeah you know and, bring and all that in and wrap it around guys, the music yeah i see an open you know with all of these crap that's happened with pledge music you know there's a lot of fans out there that want more than just the music they want to they want a piece of it you know they want an experience or they want you know a special kind of merch i could see this all wrapping into all of those things and becoming a bigger better mousetrap so i'm i'm really interested to see how you guys take this thank you yeah yeah i mean we we've always sort of, sort of thought of this first version as a real sort of backbone to kind of grow from um and you know really look at it as the sort of it, there's a lot in here but it really is kind of the bare minimum in, uh, in terms of what we're imagining um that it could grow into so super so cool everybody yeah. if you head over to ursa music u-r-s-a and where did the term ursa come from i was going to ask you where's that acronym from what does that ursa. mean it's a constellation. That's what I. That's that's what I was thinking. But it's like you can't assume in this day and age when people <laughs> name companies. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So that's or, appropriate connecting. Uh, you know, obviously the stars connecting the dots for us, the credits, the I art. Like that yeah. connecting the yeah, stars. So head over to ursamusic.com. You can um, sign up for the beta. And uh, I'm assuming there's a, there's probably a way to sign up for an email list to be notified when this finally launches and all that other good stuff. Exactly. You know, all I can say is get in on this early so you can <laughs> see what the potential is here once it rolls out. Because, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the screen capture on your website right now of, you know, there's three rows, there's ten buttons on there. I'm like... Oh my God, that's just great that all this is going to be accessible in a streaming yeah. service. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very glad you think so. And it, it's definitely been uh, a labor of love. You know, obviously, as we suggested Chad and I are both musicians, and it's always been something we've been extremely passionate about. So, again, just trying to serve the artist community in a way that's meaningful for them. And again, by doing that, we feel like it creates an experience for fans that's broader than anything they've known. And we're hoping, you know, as you pointed out uh, earlier, we feel like this trend of consolidation and engagement is where things are going. It's really important. Uh, it's going to support a lot of different livelihoods, not only from the artists to the co-contributors and beyond. So all these are sort of meaningful to yeah. us. We hold things, things dear, and we're hoping it translates in a large audience. Yeah, well, I hope to have you guys on later when this thing is really rolling and we can talk again about the progress you've made. Thanks so much for taking the time today to talk to us. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for having us, you guys. Really, it's been fun. 
Um, I, I'm so excited about what Ursa Music holds for potential here. It yeah, really is. I mean, everything they've talked about and I've seen, and we've played around a little bit in the back end, but again, it's very limited right now because it's in beta and they've only got one yeah. major catalog in there. Um, you know, this this could be the, the dream platform, could be, right. for yeah. musicians and the team that is responsible for marketing and promoting those musicians. Finally. I mean, we've talked about this. Everybody is doing kind of the same thing, little differences in marketing, but this is definitely a different approach and a different mousetrap, and I'm excited. Well, I really and, am. and you know what's funny is it's not really – significantly different or complicated it's just going back to the days of of you know the vinyl lp who took that photo hey, by the way <laughs> nice picture man <laughs> thanks for the plug um wow, that was you know the days of this where yeah. you know you had all you had photos and you had you know, a poster, Lighter, and no. obviously they're not going to deliver a poster, but they're going to deliver more photos and they're going to give you it's all a more the, immersive experience, right? Much more exactly. So it's not comp. It's, it's almost one of those things. It's like, why did it take somebody so long to actually it takes do more this? Work. That's why it takes more work Yeah, and they're willing to put in the work. So check it out. All right, guys. So that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review and a rating. We love Thank your you. comments. We'll see you next week.